Thanks for tuning in to The Big Idea. I'm Michael Anderson. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about life hacks, four of them. Ancient philosophers use these to make you happier. Today's show is brought to you by Geico Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You can save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of Geico Local Office, 805-487-7847. And welcome to the program. Today we're talking about four life hacks from ancient philosophers that will make you happier. There's a wonderful article, and that is the title of it. This is online. We found this article. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Now, the first one, Four Life Hacks That Will Make You Happier. This is from Ancient Philosophers. How about this, Spence? The first one is, what's the worst that could happen? Now, have you ever asked that? And if you have, well, congratulations, you're a stoic philosopher. This is the idea of negative visualization. So one of the main tools that Stoicism talked about was asking yourself these negative visualization questions, and that tried to help help you understand that it could always be a little bit worse. And the idea of it being worse and visualizing how bad it can be allows you to realize that it's not that bad at all. It's kind of a practice of gratitude or reverse gratitude. It's a technique to boost happiness. Spence, I've done this a number of times where, you know, that thought comes into mind where, oh, well, what if what if that happens? Or, oh, this is, could be much worse. And I'm upset already about something, but it could always be worse. And that at least makes me feel a little bit happier about what I'm currently doing. I like what's the worst that can happen. I think that's a boldly go where no man has gone before thing. I think that's Captain Kirk at his best. Let's just do it and see what happens. They say it increases gratitude. And gratitude is how you stop taking things for granted. A lot of times we do take things for granted, and, and it's the idea of being gracious or being uh, grateful, and uh, that gives us that gratitude. It helps you stay hap- happier after the newness of the things have been gone. Now, that's how you keep love alive, showing that gratitude, and sometimes it's that negative visualization. Again, they talk about it too. I mean, imagining it as as sad as that may be, if you lost a friend or if you lost a partner or if you've ever had to deal with that before, you know that it's now sad that they're gone. And the idea of them being gone makes you feel more appreciative for having them here while they are here. We're talking about four life hacks from ancient philosophers that will make you happier. And the first one is what's the worst that can happen? Uh, So asking yourself that question, imagining that negative visualization. Let's move on to the second one. The second one is titled, As If. The Stoics valued tranquility and thought being angry was a waste of time. But what should you do when your blood boils? Well, the idea is to force a smile, soften your voice, and act calm, and thus you will become calm. That's a tricky one for me. I struggle sometimes when I'm in the heat of the moment and I'm upset, Spence. Sometimes that upset just rages. It's hard and it's almost contrary to think that I can just smile and be calm and manifest myself that way. That one's probably a hard one for me. That's me in a nutshell. I I do have the ability. Who's my favorite superhero? Boy, I don't know. Incredible Hulk. Mm. I love the fact that there's this brilliant dude. I'm not claiming brilliance that can suddenly lose his mind and go bonkers. I've got the gone bonkers thing down to a, to a science. I wish I could handle it the way described there. They say fake it till you make it. And, I mean, it, 
it's almost that thing. Does faking it actually work? And the science agrees. Yep, it works. The I faking one, it works. One hundred percent. There is a wonderful documentary on David Geffen, and he became a billionaire through music. And he started out that way. He even lied a little, uh, but he was always diligent. He always tried very, very hard, and I won't break it. Uh, but there's a really funny story at the beginning that he got away with. But he did fake it, and then he made it. But he worked hard to get there. He just had to fake it a bit in the beginning. There was a uh, principle, or the, it's the as-if principle. And they, they said there were 26,000 people that responded to this research they did, and all of the participants were randomly assigned to one of a handful of groups, and they were asked to carry out these various exercises to make them happier. But it really revolved around the, the idea of having the facial expression of smiling even when you're not happy. Uh, and the result is that people actually felt happier and it really does work. And that's an interesting one, one that I find myself probably needing to spend some time doing some work on. Uh, well, let's move to number three. And these are, of course, the four life hacks from ancient philosophers that will make you happier. So number one, what's the worst that can happen? Number two, as if, act as if. And number three, Spence, make it a treat. We want everything, and we want it yesterday. Now, the Stoics, on the other hand, used to deliberately walk around on cold days without a coat, or they'd skip meals to become hum hungry. Now, why would they do that? So denying yourself something makes you appreciate the things that you take for granted. Now, think about that. Denying yourself something makes you take for granted or makes you appreciate those things that you normally take for granted. Walking around on a cold day without a coat makes you appreciate having a coat. Skipping a meal when you're hungry makes you appreciate when you do get to eat. That's an interesting one as well. I, I can't say that I've, I've deliberately played with that one. Now, there have certainly been times where I've been without a coat and now appreciated the coat, but I've not done it deliberately. So this is an interesting one. I don't think I've played around with much, Spence. What are your thoughts on this? I think Viktor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meeting, a great book that everyone should read. I think it should be required reading at school. He was in a Nazi concentration camp as a young man, and he learned to bring joy or the best possible thing out of the current circumstances and also later had an understanding of what it was like to really be down and out. So maybe those... Fast for three days and get a grasp on what it's like not to have. You know, I, it's, uh, that's a hard one, too. Very difficult, but. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of thoughts here as well. I mean, talking about grandpa and uh, grandpa used to, to make it you tougher by withholding things and increasing your willpower. And, uh, you know, it is one of those gritty things that mm -hmm. we just kind of need to learn how to do. I, I do like the idea of this. And uh, maybe that's one that I'll have to play around with a little bit more as well. Um, that is an interesting one. Um, there's a few books on this that are noted as well. Fascinating, self-control. And here's number four. It's okay to stumble. Now, does stoicism seem hard? Don't want to think about how awful things can be. Um, don't want to give up on your ice cream for a day or two. Now, People knew that it was going to be hard, and it's not really for everybody. So what did they tell students back in the day? Well, he told them to do what sometimes we tell ourselves these days. If you make a mistake, well, forgive yourself. 
move forward. It's okay that you make a mistake. You don't need to be perfect. If you screw up, we all do at times. Forgive yourself and move forward. And those are the four tips to being happy. How quick are you to forgive yourself and move forward when you make a mistake? In the short term, very good. In the long term, poor. In the morning when we talk and we do stuff, you trip over yourself, say a dumb joke and stuff, you just keep going. But I think when I see the big picture stuff, not as good. If I trip big picture, it hurts. Yeah, that's an interesting thought, though, to think about in the bigger picture versus the shorter picture. Because I find myself always, almost constantly, looking at the silver lining, looking at the positive, let's move forward, what's the best outcome from where we are right now, let's stay positive, let's keep moving, let's keep progressing. And I find myself in that domain all the time. But there are moments maybe where I don't feel like I'm – Uh, moving at the degree of I feel like I should be, where I'll be sad and I'll be upset and I'll be disappointed. It'll be more challenging for me to forgive myself. So it's interesting, the thought that you'd be able to be more happier if you do forgive yourself more often and you do try and move forward more often. Uh, It's an interesting thing, definitely. Oh, I like these. These are the four life hacks from ancient philosophers that will help make you happier. And isn't that a good barometer, the idea of being happier? A lot of people think of wealth. A lot of people think of material things or um, different milestones in life that they want to reach or vacations and experiences that they want to have. Whatever it might be, I think a good barometer is the idea of happiness. And the quotient of how can we be more happy is a good one. Spence, I find it fascinating. Here in the United States of America, we live a very privileged first world life. And we have first world problems. Sometimes friends will joke and say, oh, that's a first world problem that we have. And maybe it is. But you know what's interesting? When you travel to other parts of the world that are not first world, and you look at how happy they are with the lives that they live, even though it's not a first world country. They don't have the luxuries of air conditioning, running water, hot water. They don't have it. But are they happy? They are very happy. I find that fascinating. That makes me extremely curious about how life works uh, in that way of measuring ourselves by happiness. So I think what we have to do is give them something, then take it away and see how far the happiness goes. Because like we talk about a lot about water. You're a huge proponent of the management of water properly. And I always tell people, and I'm amazed by what some people think is the simplest thing. I still can't believe, I'm serious, I'm old. I can walk at Kimball Park and at the farthest reach, there's a drinking fountain. And there's some kid in Kenya that has to take a jug and walk a mile, fill it up and bring it back and hopefully it doesn't spill much. It's awesome. You know, that's incredible, the gifts we've been given. Turn off somebody's water for a day or these power outages we had because of the fire. People are flipping out. You would think the grid was taken away for a year. And this is just something to be careful of and aware of. We definitely have great services. A lot of us worked hard to get them. But the people out there just like, okay, you know, they, they have that that flexibility and happiness is essential. It is. I am in such agreement with that phrase. Happiness, I've just the happy people who seem to smile. They don't seem like the richest man or woman on earth, and they just seem to be giddy 
over their existence. Here's one that I see all too often, and I'm curious your thoughts on this as well. There are some people I've observed that have everything you could ever want. They have the house, they have the car, they have the income, they have the retirement, they have the family or the spouse, they have it all, but yet they don't because they are unhappy. There is a void. There is something that is not giving them the significance they're looking for. And I don't know what the answer is, but I find it fascinating that some people could have everything they feel like they've ever wanted, yet still struggle to have that happiness and significance. And what is one of the best comments ever, way back in the early Saturday Night Live days, John Belushi had friends over, and things just weren't going well. He was real dark and gloomy. He made a phone call. A little while later, a limo shows up. They get in the limo. They drive. There's a a, a private jet there. They get on the jet, and they fly to Martha's Vineyard. And he kicked back, and he says, yeah, miserable stinks, but when you're rich, it's okay. But what happened to that man two, three, four years later? He died of a drug overdose because he was clearly, he had a demon. He was unhappy. And you look at that, the rich did not cure a great man like that. A great, funny, you talk about, oh, he's one of the funniest guys of my generation. No doubt about it. Didn't cure him. And that's sad. You know, all the riches in the world, all the popularity in the world, everything you would want, and it did not cure him. Very, very good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those demons are ugly. So it can be, be it can be a struggle. So we hope you you find your happiness in whatever that may be and however that is brought to you. It is often a search and a and something that we need to work on to find our most important and significant moments that bring us the happiness. We want to thank our sponsors today. We want to thank Era Energy, powered by safety, innovation, and community. We help keep California moving forward. And also Boyd and Associates, the largest family-owned security company in Southern California. Established in 1967 for your home and business security needs, visit BoydSecurity.com or call 805-650-3267. That's all the time we have for today's show. Thanks for tuning in to The Big Idea. I'm Michael Anderson, and that's Tom Spence. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you next time. Thank you.